we don't just do the yoga for ourselves. We don't just do the yoga so that we can live in a cave and be by ourselves and be enlightened. You know, it's like we do the yoga so that we can improve ourselves and we're always looking to improve ourselves and, you know, maybe even become softer with ourselves so that we can also be soft and, and be there and to love other people. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome because it's not a yoga that that just changes us, but like we also share that and we are there for everyone else. Hello and welcome to Space Case, a rocket yoga podcast. I am Elsie Yogi and month by month, case by case, we are exploring the personal histories of yogis around the world, sharing the practice created by Larry Schultz. If you've been listening, you know we are onto something special here. While each story is unique, themes are emerging and my inner qualitative research self is all over it. It's like this epic story of uniqueness evolving from a single solid foundation. It's an expression of unity without uniformity and diversity that thrives in collaboration and community. So here's how this works. A series of questions and one special rocket yogi every month. Together, we will venture behind the handstands and the hashtags to seek out the origin stories, philosophies, self-practice approaches, individuality, creativity, and more while we hear how rocket yoga is embodied in one unique space case. All right, so, Samastutihi. Let's take a listen to the case history of Kevin C., rocket vinyasa yoga mentor based in Arlington, Virginia, beginning with his rocket yoga origin story. All right. Um, so my name is Kevin Castillo. I'm coming from the D.C. area. I've um, been doing rockets since like 2013, 14, I guess. Um, it's really cool because I was actually invited to a rocket class for like for like four or five months. Um, my friend Mariah was actually um, one of my practice um, friends that we practice with all the time. And um, in our class, there's maybe like three, four of us that would end up demoing for our teacher because she was probably like six months pregnant. <clears throat> so, you know, after a while, she wasn't able to do some of the postures and she would ask, uh, me and Mariah and you know a few friends of ours to to demo everything, and so during that time I guess um, there was a studio in Virginia, it's called Little River. Um, it's not there anymore, but it was there. It was like the rocket um, the rocket spot back in the day, and she invited me to come to Little River, and I was like, ah, oh, you know Mariah, I don't know. Um, I would see stuff online, and to be honest, like at that time I was like really intimidated. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, they're doing like crazy things, but it was like the beginning of Instagram. So I was like, okay, well, 
one day she was like, Kevin, we just got to go. It was a Thursday at 7.30. And I'm like, all right, I'll go to a rocket class. And um, I got there and we were just doing all these crazy things. Like half the room was doing like French handstands. Another half of the room was doing forearm scorpions and like TikToks and all these crazy things. And I was looking around and I was like, oh my gosh, like this room is like amazing. This is really cool. And I remember even at that at that moment, it was 2013, um, I was like, there's so much more to do in yoga classes, you know, because at that time I was already demoing at, at the studio I was at and I could do pretty much everything that, that the teacher would call out, um, you know, and so I saw this whole new side of yoga. It was like a, a breath of fresh air, like, oh my God, there's so much more to do there's so much more fun to have and I think the thing that I enjoyed most about the room if it wasn't this quiet place it wasn't just like you know you're not allowed to talk and like if you sneeze it's like you don't even say like god bless you or something you know it was a room that everyone was just having fun everyone was laughing and enjoying and always encouraging each other on um you know someone would try something and people would stop mid practice and just go right next to them like try this, try this, do that. And then the person would get it and the whole room would cheer. It was just like the best experience of my life. Um, I, I, from that moment on, I was like, I need to start going to more rocket classes. Um, so then I started to attend rocket classes at Little River for quite a while. Um, and then around, I don't know, maybe like 2000, late 2013 or, 14, I forget the exact date, um, was my first rocket training. And it was that training where I met um, Patrick and, and David Kyle. And from then on, I don't know if it was just because at that time I haven't had like a male figure in, in the yoga world, but um, something that I, I think that he that he said and the way that he was, I just really resonated with it. Um, he was very calm and just very um, accepting of everything. And, and he also encouraged us to, to be ourselves. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't a training where you were going to be tested at the end on these certain things that you had to hit and you had to fit this certain box or else you, got looked at in this funny way um, in that training. If you had different variations, he was so happy to see it. He was like, wow, I haven't seen that before. And he would just, you know, encourage us to be us. And so it was really those two experiences, you know, seeing what Rocket had to offer in the beginning on the physical level was something so amazing to me. And then just meeting the, the person that, you know, trained these people and seeing his philosophy, it, it just like took me in and I was just stuck ever since. <laughs> One of the things that really stands out for me about Kevin's origin story is the way he describes his experience as a practitioner. This first person view becomes a theme, definitely. As you hear him share, you'll discover that tuning into the student's experience is a really big part of his persona. 
I love how he describes the rocket room, and I was really curious about how this compared to his previous experiences, and how it changed him after. I asked him to say more. So、um, the classes I would take before I went to rocket classes were actually a, I would say it was a shanga based.、Um, my teacher was actually trained. In Ashanga, by、oh, um, I forgot his name at the moment, but like the very he was like a very famous Ashangi. If I remember his name, he's been like all over the place.、Um, but、uh, it was it was an Ashanga class.、Uh, all the poses we would do, but it was actually taught more like a, oh, so her teacher. So the teacher's、um, my teacher's teacher was actually John Scott.、Um, so she was trained in Ashanga. By John Scott in Germany, and so the way that she would teach it, it was actually like an Ashanga class, but she would also throw in different things here and there. So she didn't teach it straight up, like you know, primary series or second series, but、um, it was very much if you knew what Ashanga was, you could tell that she was an Ashanga. So I think so. So in the very beginning, I was doing more normal Vinyasa classes,、um, and then I guess there's a certain point maybe in in some people's. Yoga path where they're like, you know, I really need a teacher, someone that will discipline me and kind of like hold me accountable to to when I'm practicing and what I'm doing. And it's not it's not all about just having fun and games. Although a lot of you know yoga is about having fun.、Um, there's a a part of it where、um, I guess I was looking to have someone to guide me.、Um, and at that time, it was、uh, my first Ashtanga teacher was Nina. That was her name. And she was very strict, actually, in class. She she was she wouldn't let us like I don't know first chaturanga. She would correct us in in chaturangas and warrior ones,、uh, warrior twos, just in, in every single pose. And and it was it was something that I actually enjoyed at that time.、Um, I really liked that you know someone was was watching how I was expressing these postures and and doing. A more disciplined type of practice.、Um, what ended up happening is that she ended up moving to Japan, and then、uh, it just so happened that I was still looking for another teacher when she left. And so I heard through these people、um, to go to a teacher named Claudia Paredes. And Claudia Paredes is actually a rocket teacher trained by、um, David Kyle. And so. She was actually just coming back from from Mysore, and one of my friends was like, "You really need to check out Claudia." So I was like, "Okay, I'll go to Claudia's classes." And so I went to almost every single class on the schedule that she had. I would be at her rocket class, I would be at her、um, her stronga class, her any class that she had on the schedule. I was just there, and I think it was getting to know her on a personal level where. I saw that in looking for for a teacher,、um, it, there was a softness to her. There was a softness to to how she expressed Ashtanga, because I I do feel like sometimes Ashtanga gets a bad rap of you know being too harsh or people get hurt and then they they don't see Ashtanga as a practice that they can maintain in the long term. But I was always so lucky because. When I was learning Mysore from from Claudia, and when David Kyle would come into DC, I、uh, would 
take his classes, of course. Um, and then Patrick also, sometimes these are practicing next to each other, but he also had a morning Mysore. And with these practices in the Ashango, in, in, in the Mysore room, they were always very soft. Uh, they never forced me to do anything I didn't want to do. Um, but they, I think they also knew when I was just being lazy. And so it was really nice for me to, to see a softer side of the Ashtanga world because I didn't view it as a practice that I would like in the beginning. When I was just doing, you know, vinyasa classes, even when I was doing classes with Nina, she would switch it up here and there. Um, I didn't think I would like a set sequence that, um, that you do the same thing every day. And I remember even when I started Mysore, it, it was a very funny thing because Claudia actually told me that the poses don't matter. And you know, I hear this all the time with a lot of teachers and a lot of people, and I, I, I do feel like it's, you know, at a, at a point very true. The poses don't really matter. She was like, when you're doing the poses, think of why you're doing the poses. And she would explain to me how in primary series, we fold deep into ourselves and we use that time to look inwards. And I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. I was like, that, that makes sense, you know? Um, it, it, was, it was nice that at one point I had just finished a weekend five-day training with, with David Kyle, and I was moving to Supakramasana. It's like two feet behind the head, you hold behind the back. And I couldn't get even the bind. I just couldn't get anything. I just, I was struggling. I looked over at her. I saw her start to walk over. I was like, cool, she's gonna help me get the bind. She's gonna put my feet behind my head. I'm gonna get the pose, you know, it's gonna be awesome. And she just sits down next to me and she was like, why do you want it? And I'm like, my face is on the ground. I'm super sweaty. It's like halfway through primary series. And I just remember thinking like, I don't even know why I want this right now. And she was like, will this make your practice any better or worse? And I'm like, that's a really good question. And I'm still like face on the mat and I'm like super sweaty. And I had no idea how to answer the questions. I didn't know why I wanted it. And I didn't know if it would make my practice any better or worse. But she just said to me, she was like, just do 10 breaths, do the next pose, it'll come back. And so, I couldn't get it for like seven days. Finally, I come back on like the eighth day of Mysore and where I, I get to that, that point where I have to do Supercomasana. Oh my gosh. And finally, I start to get the binds, you know, I start to get everything. And then she sits down next to me and she's just like, see, I told you it would come back. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. You know, she's like, everything comes and goes. There's no point to, to force it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a teacher that I could really, you know, vibe with and really um, see how this can be a practice that you can stick with for the long term. Um, I even remember she had told me in my very first Mysore class, uh, she had just got the 4.30 um, p.m. Mysore class in D.C. And so I guess it was the first day I was the only person that showed up. And so we're there and she looks at me because at that time I had gone to like every one of her, her lead classes. So she looks at me and she's like, okay, Kevin, um, you have a really strong practice. 
right? And I was like, okay, well, you know, it's not something that I hadn't heard before. I was like, okay, well, you know, that's cool. But she says to me, you have a really strong practice, but you don't know how to breathe. And I was like, wow, I have never had a teacher tell me that ever, you know, because I, I feel like sometimes in classes where you go to, if, if you can, if you're doing poses that maybe the teacher cannot do, a lot of times they leave you alone, right? Um, the thing that was so nice about her was she could do everything that, that I wanted to do. And um, she didn't care. She really didn't care if I could do a press handstand. I even, I even learned press handstand in a Mysore room, even though it's viewed as maybe like a no-no to do press handstands in the room. She set some rules for me. She said that you can learn to do your press handstand in the Mysore room, but here's the rule. You can only come up on an inhale, and once you exhale, you have to be in Chaturanga. And I was like, okay, fair enough. And so, you know, on the, on the tree knee, we put our hands down and it's like, lean forward. So I'm like leaning forward. And sometimes my feet would float, like just barely off the mat. I can feel the float. And I'm like, if I just had another chance, I would look to my left, I would see her. She's just looking at me. And then she would like point down, you know, for me to go to Chaturanga and I go to Chaturanga. And the thing that I realized with her was, the breath is more important than getting these poses. The poses don't matter. Um, and so, funny enough, I actually got the press handstand in the Mysore room. I go up, it's like the most silent press handstand ever. Full, full pike press handstand. I go all the way up. I'm coming down. It's silent. I land, chaturanga. In my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I did it, right? And I look over to her. And she's just looking at me and she goes, you weren't breathing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe this. So then it was really, really funny because I, I had a friend on the side that um, we were, we know that I've been working on this. So she was next to me on the side. She saw it while I was practicing. And then we both like smile at each other that, you know, I finally got it. But she, like my teacher was not, not that she wasn't present, wasn't happy, but it, it really did make it, like, uh, like very, very strict that the breath is the most important thing. You know, everything comes once you kind of learn how to, how to move the breath. And I think that's where the Ashtanga practice and even the rocket practice, because of course, rockets also Ashtanga is where I learned how to control the breath. Um, and I do feel like the teachers that I've had over the years have helped me to, to focus on that. Uh, one time I was in a Mysore room and I was in Sun B's, I think, and I was in chair pose. I was in the morning Mysore with Patrick. I was in chair pose and we had this really baggy, um, like baggy shirt. And then Patrick like touches my belly and says, Banda up, right? And so I was, I he walked away and so I looked down at my, at my shirt, at my belly region. And I'm like, how do you even know that? Because I'm wearing this really baggy shirt. And I was like, wow, that's really cool that, that he notices, you know, these things. And it's not about, like, I'm sitting deep in, in a chair pose or um, how far am I going in the poses. But the focus was always about the breath and about um, using the body to make things easier. You know, it wasn't about forcing. It wasn't about um, just like in vinyasa classes, just like doing whatever you want. 
although it's it's fun to do those things like it i think the ashtanga practice really helped me to build a really strong baseline and the rocket practice helped me to um, explore different postures and explore different things in in my practice and just have fun you know it wasn't as as quiet or as serious as a micro room um, and there's something beautiful about uh, a quiet class, but there's also something nice about having a community of people around you that you know are, are there for you and, and just are there to support you. Considering this whole practice phenomenologically, I'm guessing this is a fairly common experience. Someone gets a taste of Ashtanga yoga and wants more, especially when the teaching is shared with the generosity of the rocket yoga philosophy. And we see this mindset shift where something kind of traditional and routine becomes new. I especially love the moment here where Kevin describes the instructor communicating to him that he wasn't breathing. That moment is quintessentially rocket for me, and it speaks volumes about the guide on the side, the rocket facilitator, and their role in this practice. In mental note, Ahmed the yogi man also mentioned Little River Yoga in case one, and I'll venture to guess you might hear it again on this podcast. Fun fact. All those years ago in that Instagram challenge where I met Ahmed, the Rockatober challenge, I won a little river yoga shirt. So I ended up wearing that to Carson's workshop last March in El Paso and get this. It was his mom's studio. It really is a small world after all, isn't it? Then again, in a practice like Rocket, maybe the rules of time and space just work a little more in our favor. And we'll be right back to Space Case after this quick thank you to our sponsor. I have to be honest with you, podcasting is getting a little easier and faster. I am so in love with these rocket stories that uh, this little indie oral history project is just my honor. And let's be honest, it's a pretty good excuse to talk to people I have admired for years. Still, it's really exciting to be hearing from listeners. So far, according to Anchor.fm, we've had 172 plays with an estimated audience of 47 subscribers, including listeners on two continents and in five countries. And this, my friends, is thanks enough for me at this point. But there's more. For the second month in a row, we have a paid sponsor. And so I'd like to take a moment to thank the lovely Jenna Smith, a rocket yoga facilitator based in Woodland Park, Colorado. Jenna is a passionate advocate for cystic fibrosis and an inspiring yoga mom who shares the rocket practice at Vasa Fitness in Colorado Springs. Jenna wrote, living in the mountains, practicing rocket can be a little isolating, so it's nice to stay connected. We hear you, Jenna. With your help, this episode goes out to all the rocket yogis who do the important work of igniting the spark in places where rocket yoga is especially rare. You're not the only one, and we are thrilled to have you listening. 
That's at Jenna underscore Smith underscore yoga on IG. Please reach out and thank her for sponsoring this exciting interview with Kevin C. If you're enjoying this episode, you too can sponsor an interview. Sponsorships are by donation and also supported by five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Just leave a note with your review and I will read it on our next episode. More information at lcyogi.com slash space case. And now back to space case. I'm sure we could all agree there is something really auspicious about rocket facilitators. Like Patrick, that's at Pat McLean on IG, BT Dubs, who Kevin mentioned commenting bunda up. I mean, it's almost like there's a little bit of a superpower going on here. And I've noticed that when folks take the rocket practice, wow, their eyes just like glow. And rocket facilitators, They embody this quality of an enthusiasm and excitement that is incredibly palpable and even a bit infectious. Hearing Kevin emphasize his appreciation of the community and the teachers who have shared the beauty of a softer, more individualized approach to this powerful and vigorous practice, it resonates with the philosophy of Larry Schultz, who championed function over form and breath over depth. And while these facilitators all accomplish this in different ways, even though they're drawing from the same source, is very interesting to me. I asked Kevin to explain how creativity plays a role in how he shares rocket yoga. Here's more. Ah, okay. So um, the role of creativity in in this practice, in, in the rocket practice, I think it's really awesome. I, I think it's, it's amazing to, to have a, a chance to kind of veer off just a little bit if we, if we ever need to, um, you know, in a rocket class, because you know, some days there, there are some days where maybe we're even taught there's arm days, there's leg days, there's these different things that we can do. But um, I also think that being creative in the practice is also expressing what you're working on even at that time like if someone is working on some type of forum stand and you know that you know the room is is ready for for this variation or just even to to play and to have fun um there are times actually if so some people know if if they've ever been to my class is that I'll actually say in the class that I actually don't have this yet. I will say, I will tell them I'm working on this, but please tell me if you know how to get there. Like if you know what to do, if you know like any tips, like let us know, right? And there are times when um, I think it's just the energy of the room. It's really amazing where I know that I can maybe do it like once in a while and I'll, I'll demo it and like all of a sudden I'll get it, right? And the room just like, just cheers, cheers everyone on, but it, it, it's really awesome to see when other people are trying it in this room together. Because what I've heard a lot is that people will say, I've never been able to do that until right now. And, you know, and, and they say it as a, like a certain way of like, that it has something to do with me, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. And it has everything to do with them 
and believing in themselves that they can do it. And maybe it took this room of support to try something new, to try something that, you know, maybe they were a little bit scared to do. And so now they're in this room of people that, that you know are going to support you. And, and even if you don't get it, you know, if you're close, like you'll, like we just cheer each other on, even if you're like, oh, you get it for a split second. I think a lot of people that practice rocket know what I'm talking about. It's like you say you're working on a hand and you get it for like one second. And it's like, yes, like everyone will just like cheer for you at that, at that moment because we know what you're going through and, and we know how exciting it is to be there in that moment. And you know, that one second will turn into two to three to four to who knows, we have the two minute handstand drills, maybe it'll turn into two minutes. Um, and just being able to, to offer things to students, um, what, I've, what I've seen is that sometimes Students will say to me that, you know, I'm not strong enough. I don't have this. I don't have that. I need to work on my flexibility, my core, my arm strength, all these things. And, you know, it, it's funny because I have this thing in class we call the magic mat. It's, it's my mat at the very beginning of class. I'll actually sometimes call someone up and I'm like, hey, and I want a demo for me. And people will come up and I'm like, what are you working on? And they're like, I'm working on this or that. And without fail on that mat, everyone has been able to do anything that they've ever like said that they wanted to do. And it's so crazy to me because I, I do think that it's like being together, being there, um, and just kind of like having that outlet of, that you don't have to follow the set sequence, you know, because sometimes people are working on things that are not part of the sequence so much um like let's just say it's like a fallen angel it's something different um or maybe it's poses that that work you towards a pose that they're working on um having that that freedom to explore in new ways and just like not not for me to show people that they can do stuff and that they that they should believe in themselves because they end up doing it it's just that you know you you can offer something to them and once they get it, it's like you just see their face and they just like light up. And it's so awesome to see because any any blockage that they put in front of them, like, I'm not this, I'm not that, I don't have this, I need to work on that, it's gone. And it's like, you know, you see them maybe after class or the next class or the next time you talk to them, maybe even it's like, I, I've had many times people message me on Instagram. It's like, wow, I went home and I was able to do it on my own. And I was like, that is so awesome like just believe in yourself and you know just having that um that room that room to offer um offer what what people also are looking for and it's not about the poses but you know at the end of the day it's just about um offering it to them so that they know that it's like we put so much in front of us in, even in yoga classes and you know, we hear all the time, it's like the way you are on your mat, the way you are off your mat. And so if you're off your mat and you're also placing all these things in front of you, like, I need this, I can't do that, I wish I had more of that. It's like, look, just, you know, work through it and just try it and like, like, just do it, you know? A lot of things that 
um, maybe if we look back on our lives, it's like, you know, I just tried. Maybe if I just like put a little bit more effort, actually like committed to something, maybe I could do that, you know? And, and that's the thing. I, I think that's the most amazing part um, as a teacher to be able to, to offer these, these things to people. It's not about the poses. It's really not. It's just about, um, you know, like sometimes it's like you believe, you, you see a student and you're like, they can do this. Like, I know it. Like, I know it with right now. They can do it. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of just like, hey, you know, let's do this together. Let's try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If not, it's like, it's cool. You know, and a lot of times, like, I always tell people, even if you don't get it today, you might be closer than you think that you thought you were, you know? And even that little bit of, oh my God, I'm closer than I thought I was. It's like, wow, you know, now, now you're so much closer to being wherever you want it to be, you know? And I, I think, um, I think that's just like the most amazing part. It's like it's offering things to students that, um, that really encourage them to grow and just to, to believe in themselves. You've probably noticed that every answer Kevin shares points back to his love for this community. The way he describes the instructors, the feel of the rocket room, and the experience of the trainings is absolutely spot on from my view. We can do what we do in this practice because of others. Each of us is having a unique experience, but there is something very powerful about the resonance of sharing this practice. From a learning theory perspective, Kevin is astutely student-centered, which I would argue echoes Larry's approach beautifully. I asked him next to speak about the role of individuality in the practice. Yeah, um, so I have this uh, idea and I think it, it really did come from the teachers that I've had is that every teacher has something to share. Every teacher has had their own experiences and They've gone through, you know, their life in their own way, and there's something in their heart that they hold important to them, and, and it's going to be different for every single person. Um, I, I think what I love the most about Rocket, especially because we are encouraged to, to kind of like venture off a little bit. You know, we we have the set sequence that that we do, but if we go off the sequence, it's not it's not something that that's the end of the world, you know? Um, I think that every teacher has something to share with, with people. And um, I hear this a lot with, with a lot of like newer teachers. Um, I, I, maybe it's because they come from a teacher training, you know, and they, and they finish and maybe they've had these teachers that they look up to and they, they, they love and they, maybe feel like I'm not at that level where, or where my teacher is, you know, and, and that's fine. And the, the teacher that they probably love has had a lot of experience. So, you know, as a newer teacher, um, I think sometimes it's like, you know, how, how do I teach these classes? Right. 
um, the thing I love about the, the idea that, that you have your own story and you have your own, um, you have your own yoga to share with everyone, I think is like the most important thing in, in as a teacher, I, like it just everything that there is, like every teacher has their own idea of what yoga is and how maybe even yoga has changed your life. And for a lot of people, it's changed your life so much. And so you have that and that's yours. And so just share that with other people. Um, I, I just feel like, I, I just feel like it's the most beautiful thing also to, to realize when you are a teacher that you're, you are also important as a person. It's not, it's not something that, you know, even though we are in, in you know, technically a system of, of rocket or ashtanga, um, we, we can share things with, with other people that maybe I might not be able to like be the teacher that resonates with, with someone, but maybe you are, or maybe the person that you know is. And it's just like continuing to share what's important to you and being authentic to you is the most important thing. I, I feel like as a teacher and, you know, as a, as a practitioner, we have choices. We can, you know, go to different teachers that resonate with us and we search for, Maybe some of us, I know I have, maybe we search for specific teachers that we resonate with and different teachers that maybe we feel like we can learn more from. And so for students that maybe go to another teacher's class, is there are going to be people that resonate with your story. So it's never something to, to feel like I have to teach in a certain way or do something very specific, but it's really just teach what's important to you and what, what you believe in. And it's just the most, I don't know, it's the most beautiful thing, the most important thing that I think, it took me a long time to realize as a teacher, I, I've actually been teaching since 2009, um, but it took me a while to realize that, that I have things that are important to me. And if I just share these, these little like, I don't know, the, the things that I hold dear to my heart, like there are actually times when um, there was, I was in a, a training once where I started to cry. Like I just started to cry. My hands were just at heart center and I started to cry. And I remember even thinking at that time, like I was kind of a newer teacher at that time. I was like, man, I would love to share this with other people. Like this, whatever I felt, I would love to share this with other people. And maybe other people would feel this type of like emotion that I had. Maybe it would change their life too. And so I remember I was teaching a rocket class and we were in, um, we were just in some city and I just, I usually take, you know, 10 breaths in the beginning just to, to center. And then I just asked everyone to take their hands to heart center. And all I said was, you know, a lot of times, I think, I don't know who said it, but someone said it, but um, it, I, I'm trying to remember what they said, but what, what I said was that um, if there's any prayer that you have at this time, because a lot of times when we place our hands to heart center, there's something that we ask for. And it doesn't have to be like uh, for someone else, it can be for ourselves. And for some odd reason, 
I was speaking and I remember I was about to cry. Like I was like almost about to cry because I was like, wow, I remember when I had that feeling and I was just there, even for myself, just leading the class. I was about to, to cry. And um, someone after class came up to me and was like, when you said that, I like this rush of emotion came through me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know that other people would feel the same way that I felt. But to me, it felt odd and it felt weird to say something that was so dear to my heart. But, um, you know, after so many times of like sharing what's inside and just like hearing, not that you have to hear things from people like feedback, but when people come back to you and, you know, they, they say that they felt the same way or maybe they just took more time throughout the day just to um, turn inwards a little bit more or just realize what's happening in their day and in their life based off of something that, that you had said that, that meant so much to you. It just, it, it just changes a lot of how I started to view teaching and how I started to view um, sharing the things that were, that really were important to me because I, I feel like maybe sometimes in the very beginning um, we, Especially, you know, in, in an Ashtanga class, if we're teaching lead primary, it can just be the poses and it's like one, two, three, or four, however many counts, and then we move on to the next pose. Um, but if we're in a rocket class and, and you have something to say or something to share, it's nice to be able to, to share from your heart and, and hold space for the people that are in the room. That was so beautiful. Um, you know, Kevin, that really, now hearing that, because I, I met you, but I haven't had that much opportunity to get to know you. But when, when I heard you talk about that place that you're coming from in your teaching, which is their authentic self, that you, you gave a really beautiful depiction of how you dialed into that, that where you're just, you know, teaching from your heart, uh, I guess for lack of a better phrase, that was awesome. That was really beautiful. But you know, that's what you shine out. I just want you to know that's how your energy comes across. Like <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember at the 50 hour in Austin when I was um, working on the the jump jump forward and you came over and just like, uh, you know, hey, try this and 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 maybe you're you're gonna get get in there and get the jump through but it was the way that you offered it it was just like in one moment it was so like generous and also like I felt that you were coming as my as my ally like you could sense where I was you felt where, like it was just like a cool a really cool energy not like I'm the teacher way up here and I know that I'm supposed to tell students to do this when they do the jump through. Like it was just like, it was just an organic, real generous moment. So that's how you come across. So that backstory of how you're teaching, you know, how you came to that persona or at least the window into part of that. That was beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Um, yeah, good. Okay. So the next question is what is the role of, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Nope. Skip. Go back. Um, let's try that again. Okay, so 
Kevin, can you please share how you experienced the philosophies of Larry Schultz? Yeah, so the philosophies of Larry Schultz, there's, um, you know, in my very first rocket training, I didn't know very much about Larry Schultz. Um, but over the years, I've heard a lot from different teachers. I've heard a lot from my own teachers. But I've also like scoured the internet for things about Larry Schultz because I was like, I want to get to know this guy. Um, the same way that it took me months going to my teacher's class before I was like, she's going to be my teacher. Like, I wanted to know who Larry was because I just heard so many great things about him, um, so many awesome things about him and him just being real. You know, it's not, it's not all like he was like, I don't know, he did the most amazing stuff, but it was also just him being a real person. And I think um, seeing that it's not, it's not that you have to, to be a certain way uh, as a yoga teacher or as a practitioner, because maybe sometimes on looking out on the outside is that, you know, people see yogis and it's like, you always have to be relaxed and you always have to be calm and you always have to be all these things, you know, but hearing stories about Larry was like, you know, but you can also be rebellious and you can also be yourself and you can also just express yourself in, in ways that you want to when you want to. And it doesn't have to be so serious all the time. And although he, you know, it, it from everything that I've seen and everything that I've um, heard, he was a very understanding person. Um, he was always supportive, but he was also very disciplined. Uh, from what I've heard um, from my own teachers is he would, he would like wake you up at like six o'clock to, to practice primary series before class and he would be practicing with you. Um, and so he did take the practice very, very seriously too, um, which is something that I was like, I love, I love that. I love that he's also very disciplined in, in what he believes in, you know, because um, he believes in this practice and he believes that it can change you and that you don't have to, I, I think he says like, um, that, you, that that modern medicine makes you take the pill or something like that. Um, you know, with him, it was like, you just do the yoga. You just do the yoga. And not that it will heal, heal everything, but it's just, you know, you do the yoga and it, it'll change your life. And he believed in that. And hearing these stories, and it's kind of funny because I, I hear these stories about him waking up people at 6 a.m. to, to practice. Um, and then when... I was in Austin. Um, it was a very funny thing because the teaching team actually woke up at like 6 a.m. woke up to practice. And it's not like we talk to each other. We don't talk to each other and say like, hey, guys, everyone, we're going to wake up at 6 a.m. Everyone just got up at 6 a.m. And just, and just practiced. It was just a part of their life. Um, and I, I remember even when it happened, I was like, wow. This is really cool. This is really awesome that, um, that this is, you know, I hear these stories and it's kind of like passed down without even saying a word to each other. It just passes down uh, to the next generation of, of rocket teachers. And it's just like do the practice, you know? It doesn't have to be a physical practice. Sometimes it can just be an hour of pranayama or doing now we create in the shower. It can be anything, but, you know, just do the practice 
the best way that you can um, with with what you have. And if you only have you know five minutes, and that just means that you're sitting in your car doing some ujjayi breathing and just counting it out. I mean, that's also part of the practice. And more than that, um, it's something that I think I saw like on a Vimeo video of Larry Schultz. It was just to live the life, not only when you're practicing yoga on your mat, but it's just like taking it out there and just being there for others. And there was, there was that um, excerpt, it's in the the rocket manual is that we learn to do the yoga to love ourselves so we can learn to love others more. And I remember, because the old manual didn't have it, and I remember when I read it, I was just like, wow, this is really awesome because we don't just do the yoga for ourselves. We don't just do the yoga so that we can live in a cave and be by ourselves and be enlightened. You know, it's like we do the yoga so that we can improve ourselves and we're always looking to improve ourselves and, you know, maybe even become softer with ourselves so that we can also be soft and, and be there and to love other people. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome because it's not a yoga that, that just changes us, but like we also share that and we are there for everyone else. And so I, I, I don't know, I think that philosophy and just like reading that, I was just blown away because I had never seen that before. Um, it, it's in, I think it was like in the newer manual, but I was like, oh my gosh, I just love that. I just love that it's so much more than just being, you know, just being a good person and just, just like going your way and just being silent. But it's also like share that with other people, like be there for others, you know, hold out your hand if someone needs it. And it's not like you, they have to take your hand, but it's like, it's nice to know that someone's there for you. It's nice to know that someone's there to support you in wherever you want to go, you know? Um, it might not be at that time where that person turns to you and says, you know, help me out. But as long as they know that someone's there for you, then everything's, everything's so much better, you know? And so I think that philosophy that they had to love ourselves so we can learn to love others more really like hit me and I, I just love that I, I really do just love that and I think um in all the rocket trainings I think we say it at least one time at the end like Torshavasana I don't know if anyone's ever noticed but yeah Is it just me or is Kevin's energy just something you want to bottle up and give to people when they ask about rocket yoga, right? Can we get that? So thoughtful and kind and caring. He is clearly able to make serious business fun and approachable by drawing on his own authenticity and ability to see each person on their own journey I find this incredibly inspiring and will hold his words close to my heart. Hold out your hand if someone needs it. It's nice to know that someone supports you in wherever you want to go. Wow, what an awesome tribute to Larry Schultz. Okay, so next question. 
What is your self-practice schedule? My self-practice schedule. <clears throat> so actually, I practice almost every day, um, uh, especially on days that I teach. Actually, when I was with my Mysore teacher, my first Mysore teacher, Claudia, she would always tell me, she actually places on, no, she didn't place it on me, but she actually said to me one time um, that if I was teaching that, you know, maybe I should practice before I taught. And I was like, okay, you know, and it was just like in passing. I think I, we were just walking to our cars and she said it to me. And I was like, okay, you know. And, um, and it was actually something that I kept, something that I was like, I'm going to do that. Um, and it was, it's, it's really funny because it's something that I kind of like place on myself. And at times it can be really hard um, when, <laughs> if, if people know me, sometimes I'm like locking doors, I'm like going off random places to, to practice before, before I'm teaching, unless it's a 6 a.m. class. But um, yeah, I usually practice almost every day now. Um, you actually caught me at a, a very funny time because I'm practicing at least for like 30 days straight. I had, um, I'm just doing this thing right now where I'm like, okay, I'm going to practice 30 days straight. Um, but I, I also practice um, because, you know, a lot of times, um, this might not be the actual schedule itself, but like, and sort of like why I end up practicing, you know, a lot is that what I've noticed over the, over time is that sometimes it takes students to get wherever they want to be to experience something deeper in the yoga world. So for example, the best example I had was, um, I was in a class, I was teaching a class and it was just like a vinyasa class actually, I was subbing during the winter time, maybe like three, four years ago. And you know that pose where you like three-legged dog, bend your knee, and then with the opposite hand, you reach back, it's like a half bow in down dog. And there was a student that was like trying to get it and she goes, where the beep is my foot, right? If I walk over and I'm realizing, okay, you know what, like she can, she can definitely hold it, but she's just not finding it. So once she got it, then she starts to relax, you know? And this was like a little bit newer when I was like teaching, like, I don't know how long ago it was. It was a while ago. But um, what I start to realize is like, I know with myself too, sometimes we are searching for poses, right? It's like, I want the handstand, I want the, and then, after you get the handstand, like I want the press handstand. After you get the press handstand, I want the one arm handstand. I want this. I want like you, you know, you always want something. And so um, one of the things that was said to said to the class in my one of my first rocket trainings was um, like do what you practice uh, or teach what you practice and practice what you teach, right? And so for me, I was like, okay, well, if I'm gonna be teaching this, especially like as a rocket, you know, facilitator and like a mentor, like going around like teaching and rock, like insisting in rocket trainings. It's like, okay, well, where where am I also right? And what I've noticed is that if a student is working on a posture, and then you can help them get to where they want to go, and then you tell them, okay, from here, once you get it, then you you relax, you focus on the breath, you you go in, you go deeper the students more receptive to that they're more receptive to actually going deeper once once they're kind of satisfied with the physical practice once they get like whatever pose they want to get to then it's like you can take them a little bit deeper and so um 
a lot of what I've been practicing now, if if I'm practicing like not for myself but also for um, to to teach is you know what's happening in my body to to get these actions that maybe people see like every once in a while when I post it on online like what I'm working on or what I'm doing um, and people will message me and say like oh my gosh that's so awesome and and then you know actually I'll message them back and say you can do it all you need to do is this right um, and it, it's just it's a really cool thing to to share the practice online. I'm not much of a social media person, but it's cool to share the practice online because a lot of people um, will, not, not that I'm trying to like purposely like inspire people, but you know, once they see things that um, people are doing and people know that I've been working on too, um, they, they also are like, you know what, this is possible. Some, every once in a while, if, if you're lucky, you'll see me post my very first shadow press handstand with um with bands around my waist and I'm at the I'm like at this pull-up bar <laughs> and like there's a, there's a handful of people that I've seen it before and you know that's where it, where it started um and so now like in my own personal practice I think it's a lot of um pranayama a lot of moving deeper in different ways it's not always postures but then afterwards um, might be the things that are a little bit fancier the things that people see online and you know, the things that are like other people might be working on too. But um, another thing that I like to do nowadays is look up all the rocket teachers in the area. Like if they post something on Instagram stories or they post something online, um, they have an event. I'm like, I'm going to that. I'm going to go to like these rocket things because I do think a part of um, being a, like a rocket yogi, I think this is for everyone, is like there's a community. This is a community of um, like rocketeers and, you know, you just go out and just support each other. And it's, it's really fun to just go out and play and just have a great time with other people that are in the same like world as, as you are, you know, it's just, it's nice to go out and just support everyone. Wow. And you, you just, again, you kind of get back on, your students and like how you think about supporting them through through the way you practice and that was just that captured so many things that was perfect um awesome okay so next question what rocket yogis do you want to meet or study or practice with um so the rocket yogis i want to meet it it's really funny because the rocket yogis that I love meeting are the rocket. Yeah, I, I think um, there are a lot of rocket people that, that are, are amazing. But I think the ones that I love to meet the most are the ones that just finished like 50-hour rocket training or 100-hour rocket training. Then they're teaching their first rocket classes. Um, it's just like, it's just so awesome to see them teaching their rocket classes you know um like i was saying earlier like everyone has their own their own spice on on, on the rocket practice or the things that are important to them and you just like go to their classes and you just see their own expression of their rocket classes and it's like wow it, it's just so awesome to see how other people um teach it and how other people just kind of i don't know they're so excited it's just like Sometimes I just sit there 
mid-class, I'm just like watching the new teachers. I'm like, yes, like these are like the new rocket teachers. Like this is so awesome. It's so awesome to see. And so I think um, that is actually, you know, there's a lot of people that I could meet, but the, the people that I love meeting the most are the people that, that just finished trainings or, um, you know, are, maybe they're teaching their very first classes. And a lot of times I wish I, was, I could make all of them. I wish I could go to like to Austin and, and Charlotte and wherever else you are, are teaching, but it's, it's really cool to see their own expression and what they have made Rocket for themselves and how it's affected them in their life. You know, sometimes it's even just like listening to what they say right before they do their very first sun salutation. And we're just standing there, a lot of times hands to heart center, um, and you just listen to what they say. And it's like, wow, you know, this is awesome because this is, this is what's important to this teacher, to this person and to this soul. It's, it's so nice that they're sharing this with, with me and with everyone around me and, and this space. So that is actually my favorite part is actually going to rocket classes of, of the newer, newer like teachers, not the newer generation. I'm not like trying to like separate myself from anyone, but like, you know, the, the newer teachers that, you know, maybe just finished recently or just started to teach their very first rocket classes. I'm so excited for all of them. Yeah, you, you, you inspire me by just talking about that. And I'm thinking about some of the yogis that you and I have both met who are newer to the facilitating and how inspirational and beautiful the way that they share the practice is. And it's so... That, that was that was lovely. Uh, would you like to give any shout outs to anybody in particular or any uh, newer newer teachers that anybody uh, should be watching? Um, newer teachers. Uh, there, there's senior, some. I know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's really it's really just everyone. <laughs> there's so many. Oh my gosh, I can't even name like every single person. There's there's so many people that um, I follow a lot of them, like on Instagram. I, I wish I knew all their names, like on Instagram. So you guys can go follow them. But like, it's just, um, it's just everyone. And just, it's really a community of people. Like if you go to a rocket training and if they, say you go to, you know, maybe you felt this way too. And anyone else that has been to rocket training is that you become like a family in there. Um, you go through these like, five days of really intense practice and you kind of like you kind of carry each other through it and so um it's it's really just like supporting the, the family of, of rocket teachers there there's so many it, it's like a, anyone that's been to a training there's, there's so many um people that that i that i would love to shout out but it's really just everyone anyone that's ever like that i've even said hi to in the rocket world like and you're, you're a new teacher, it's like, I wish I was in your class. I would support you if I was there, wherever you are. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna push you a little bit harder. I just wanna get your perspective. Like, uh, let's just say you could go to any continent where there's rockets. You know there's a broad community. Just throw us a, just throw us a direction. Which direction would you go? 
obviously oh, wow. not all of them you'd always you know like all of them would be great but yeah i want you to lean into somewhere for us okay yeah um I, so one place that i actually want to go to next is actually in london um i met a really great teacher just more recently named leon london and that's also his um i think his instagram name is uh, Leon Rocket London on Instagram. Um, I spent probably maybe like 16 days with him, just talking to him about Rocket in in London. He's he's been in the Rocket world for such a long time. I think he was telling me maybe like I don't know like 16 years or something like that. Um, and I haven't gotten a chance to to go out to London yet. So I I want to go out to London and meet all the London Rocketeers. I think like Lita is over there too um so that's the direction that we're going next you know <laughs> awesome thank you yes good choice I, i've got a few cool. open lists there that, that i'd like to connect with as well um, okay so next question what are you working on what am i working on um you know it's really just supporting the Rocket community and, and everyone in it. I think um, now, since Little River's like not in this area anymore, um, it wasn't that it was doing bad or something. It was just that the owner, I believe, wants to retire. Um, I I think the most important thing is just going out to support other teachers, um, and that's actually something that like I'll try to spend more time in, in, in just looking like, where is everyone at, you know, because in my own rocket trainings, I don't even know how many rocket trainings I've been to, but I do have the pictures of every rocket class that, you know, I, I've seen these people and a lot of us, we do keep in contact with each other, but a lot of us, it was a little bit, um, maybe not everyone was like on social media at that time. And so looking back at some of the older classes, I'll try to, to find you know, the people that were in the classes back before and see where they're at and just see what they're up to. Um, because one of the most awesome things was maybe a year or two ago, we had, um, David Kyle was in town and we did a rocket master class. And there was someone that came to the master class from San Francisco. And I remember just like seeing the two of them just like talking after class. I'm like, that is so awesome. Like the two of these people are like connected again. And they're just like, like having such a great time, just like talking to each other. If so I think for me, it's like, I, I love the community so much that I wish that I could go to everyone's, um, rocket, you know, events or like, I see different things that you know, people post online. And, you know, if you know me, a lot of times I like, um, do like heart emoji or like fire emoji or something like that. Because I do feel like it's the community that has kept me going, even in maybe, maybe even in yoga practice in general, it was these people that supported me along the way. And so I, I just, I don't know, I just want to, to go out, I think um, more recently too, it's just like go out and support all the people that I've met um, and just go out to, to these places where um, people are, are trying to, to grow maybe, they're trying to grow Rocket or 
maybe there's already a community and just like meet the different communities of people because it, it's it's the community that really gets me um, excited about Rocket. You know, the practice is amazing, um, but it's really the people. And so I think, I think that's the thing that, um, you know, I'm working on the most. It's not, you know, my, my personal practice, my personal practice, I, like I said, I try to practice every day, but it's really just, you know, supporting everyone. While honoring all the amazing expressions of this practice, Kevin invites us to an enchanting opportunity to practice gratitude for the people of Rocket Yoga, not just the bodies that show up on the mat, but for the human beings and the perspectives and experiences that they bring with them. His passion for the end user experience in all of this is enlightening for us all. At every point throughout this case history, Kevin has brought light to the individual practitioners and the community that supports them. This case highlights the power of the rocket room to lift and inspire us in powerful new ways. From enthusiastic cheers on the magic mat to 6 a.m. meetups in silence. The rocket yoga practice reveals a powerful bond forged by our differences. When we believe in each other and when we believe in ourselves, we can shift something bigger than our physical bodies. Through our interest in each other and our generosity in sharing, we empower each other to go beyond what is visible on the mat. And maybe that's the idea. My last question to Kevin was to let us know where we can catch up with him to experience his classes. Yeah, so where can you practice me? Um, I'm based in the D.C. area. I'm in Arlington, Virginia, so it's probably like five minutes down of the D.C. capital. Um, I, I'm i also planning some things, like some for next year, maybe some things a little bit earlier. So I'll probably do a rocket event in Canada, and then next year in March, um, which is almost set now, and, is one in uh, uh, Vienna, Austria. So um, I'm really excited to just you know get out there and to share to share what Rocket is because um, although we do see a lot of like inversion practices and things like that, there's also like a deeper level of what what Rocket can become after after we've you know experienced the Rocket practice. You know, I think a lot of times in the beginning. Um, it is that, that physical practice. And then, you know, things start to move a little bit deeper, a little bit softer, a little bit more internal. Um, and so I'm really excited to share uh, what what Rocket has, has been for me too, you know, and everyone has, like I was saying, like everyone has their own, their own take on what Rocket is. But um, yeah, I'm just excited for, for the upcoming year. My, my Instagram is Kevin C. Yoga. My website is um, kvcyoga.com, um, and so uh, I usually am pretty, pretty active, more in my stories than I am on my actual feed. But yeah, that's where you can practice me um, in the upcoming, I guess, months and.
see you in the next year. And that concludes case three, a testament to the special offering of community that comes through the rocket yoga practice. You've just heard the case history of Kevin C., rocket vinyasa yoga mentor based in Arlington, Virginia. I am so grateful to Kevin for taking the time to share with us and support this project. While I knew his words would be insightful, I am profoundly inspired. Coming up soon will be case number four. And yes, case three was planned for October. But, you know, I took some time off work, which is kind of a big deal for me. And I blissed out in two amazing yoga intensives. And then, of course, there was this whole Mercury retrograde and Scorpio thing. Both internets in my house got cut off, but that's another story. Well, let's just say I have been going with the flow. So I figured this month we can celebrate Larry's birthday on November 14th with case four. It's one to wait for, that much I can tell you. And what a perfect reason to have a little extra space case this month. So check and be sure you're subscribed so you get it pushed out to you as soon as it drops. As you know, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically any of them. You can just search for Rocket Yoga and you'll find it. And of course, you can always head on over to lcyogi.com slash space case for more info. So stay tuned. Time zones are definitely a thing. And this is what we would call my side hustle. But yes, cases are in progress from outside North America. So whose origin story do you want to hear next? There's more to come, my friends. So reach out and let me know who you would like to hear on Space Case. Just at me. I'm Elsie Yogi. And if you like this, please share it. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, this is Elsie Yogi signing off from Case 3 of Space Case, a rocket yoga podcast. <laughs>